I'd like to bring her to bring before I get preaching. Uh, but yeah. So good time to get a frog in my throat. <laughs> um, yeah, I just had this picture of what looked like um, kind of a window frame. You know how you get like a window that's sectioned off, and so you get those little um, bits of wood that kind of um, make the squares of the window. And it was also very, the window was very smudged and dirty. And so someone was looking outside, and they were getting some sort of concept of what was outside. But it wasn't the full reality of what was outside. And I felt God just encouraging whether it was to open the window and climb out the window or go out the door and to actually experience what was on the other side of that window and not to look at it through a marred window or a, um, a window that wasn't completely um, giving the full picture um, that was obstructed um, in ways. And so just an encouragement to, to actually experience that which God has for you. Wonderful, thank you. Cool. Isn't it wonderful when God speaks and we hear him clearly? I know he speaks all the time, but we don't always tend to hear him clearly. But this morning he's really got people's attention, so I'm trusting that he would move in that. I'm going to pray before I launch into this morning's preach. Father, I thank you that that you do speak and we can come to you, the living God. And this morning as we look at your word, Father, I'm, I'm trusting that you by your spirit would move us from where we are to where you'd have us be, each one of us. That those things that are challenging, those things that um, you're working on, Lord, that we won't uh, fly past those, but we would uh, ponder them and then we allow your spirit to come and bring fullness in, of life and freedom. And so, Lord, we submit ourselves to you in your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. So over the last while... If you look back, actually, I look back on, on, on the website, and I think it's in March. No, not March. It was before March. So was it March last year? I'm not sure. I can't remember when. But we looked at, um, I know March this year is when we started the series on culture. And before that, we had Life in the Spirit. And before that, we had the, the different pictures of the church. But there's been a building of all those things, of this is what the church is. Remember when we looked at the body and the building and the army and all those different aspects of that's what church is that we call to, that's why we gather, that's who we are, that's what our purpose is, to, to know him and to make him known, to love God, to love people, to reach the lost, to make disciples, to go to nations, and, and that's the purpose and that's what the picture of the church is. And then we looked at actually the only way we can live that out is through a life being led by the Spirit, the Spirit of God leading us, filling us, his gifts in us, and that each one of us with the gifts that he gives us, living that out in a way that actually reflects him and we live in the fullness of that. And then from that we built on the thing of culture, building a culture. This is what it looks like. This is what God's called us to be. And, and that's based in what we believe. And what we believe then sets our values and our values shape our culture and that's how we live. And we've looked at all those things and we've kind of finished that series, but building uh, on that. And um, there's a sense of God moving. I don't know if you've picked it up, a sense of God moving us from where we were into something that he's bringing us into and, uh, and, and moving us forward into those things. And there's been, certainly in my conversations with people through, through the church, there's there seems to have been an increase in the number of people who have had opportunities and taken those opportunities to share their faith with the, those who don't know God in, in everyday life and relationships and people they've been praying with. And, and we continue to do that. I know in our home group, when we have those discussions at the beginning, there's normally every week at least one person saying how an opportunity came and they should, could pray for someone, or an opportunity came and they should, could share their faith and God opened a door. And, and, and so God's moving in us. And that's really good. And we need to carry on on those things of of personal evangelism and the momentum God's bringing and, um, uh, in, in our lives and, and, and shifting into what he's called us to. 
Because there's, there's so much more that needs to be done. There's so much more for us to do, and there's so much more that we have to experience of him but, uh, and that needs to take place. And, and in all of that and praying over the last few months, I felt God just uh, put these words into my mind, which was replanting. And uh, when we look at the Word of God, we know the different passages that Scripture speaks about using the analogy of, of planting in a garden. And, and in John chapter, uh, John chapter 15, it speaks about the vine and the branches, and that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, and we are grafted into Him, and um, that the branches cannot exist unless they are part of the vine. And, the, and God the Father is the gardener who comes and prunes the vine and, and cuts off every branch that doesn't bear fruit and prunes those that do so that there would be an increase in fruitfulness and an increase in what He has, uh, has put in us. And the, the life of the branches, which is us, is determined by whether we are in the vine or not. And that's so important. You see, kind of a little bit on the the picture of what Katie had of those cottage pane windows where you look through and you kind of see bits and pieces, but there's a sense of stepping into and fully uh, experiencing that. And a little bit of what Werner was saying is it requires us to actually put our faith in him and step into that and belong to him and surrender to him for us to live as vine uh, branches in, in the vine. You see, we can look at something and think, well, that's what I want and, and, and hold ourselves back and never actually commit to Him and surrender our lives to Him. And, then, then, and we're expecting fruit and we're expecting life and we're expecting fruitfulness. But unless we uh, graft it in and abide in Him, that's not going to happen. And that's not even what the preachers this morning. But that's kind of, it speaks about that in, in, in chapter 15 of, of John's Gospel. And Psalm, chapter, uh, Psalm 1 and verse 3 it speaks about those who, who pursue God, who love Him, who, who obey Him, and says that He will be like uh, a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever He does prospers. Isaiah chapter, uh, chapter 61 verse 3 says this, that speaking of us and speaking of the nation of Israel, but us, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. It's all for His glory. It's all for His splendor. But you see, God works in those ways. And when, when He said replanting, uh, I was saying, God, well, well, well what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean by this? Because part of that to me, it's like a, is, is that a starting again? And, and, and I felt God said, no, because actually there's history and there's roots and there's foundations that He's put. So I was saying, God, what are you saying to us? So this morning's message is more kind of like a prophetic picture of and what I sense God's saying and, and how we're to respond than it is a, a systematic teaching through Scripture. And I felt God draw my attention to uh, our garden. So when, when Reuben's not at home and he's at university, his room becomes my office. So, um, and his room has a view out of, uh, out of his window into the back garden. And I was sitting there praying and working and, and saying, God, what are you saying? And he drew my attention to our garden. In fact, he drew my attention to two plants in our garden. Both of them are, are roses. Uh, you can probably draw so many different analogies. One's called the generous gardener and the other one's the iceberg. And kind of the generous gardener to me speaks about something and they both uh, repeat flowering. So they flower and flower and flower. And as you prune them, they flower. And as you cut back, they flower. And so it's just the sense of the generosity. But an iceberg, there's so much. I know it's an iceberg rose and not an actual iceberg, but the name kind of connects with. And there's so much more that is unseen that is still to come. But both of these roses were originally in, in pots. Virgus, if you can put the first picture up. That's, it's not, you can't really see it because that was taken ages ago. Um, or not ages, a few years ago. Both of them were pots. That's the iceberg in a pot. And I felt God say what he's meaning is not replanting as in starting again, 
But it's time to replant, to take it out its pot and plant it with permanence in the garden. And you see, I, I believe this is both personally for each one of us, but also corporately for us as a church. It's time to allow the gardener to take you and I and to take us out of the pot, out of the pot and plant in the ground. Out of the pot, and the pot represents restrictions. Out of the restrictions and the things that have bound and the things that have held and plant in the ground where it can reach its full potential. You see, that plant is healthy. I cared for it. I pruned it. We fed it. We watered it. We did all of those things. It bloomed beautifully. But while it remains in the pot, it will never, ever reach its full potential because its roots are restricted by the pot. And therefore the size, although it has all the potential, it will never reach that unless it's removed. Vergus, can you put the next picture up? This is it now. It's bigger than me. It's huge. And there's still more. And I felt God that say, that is what I'm meaning. That there are things that have restricted, and we'll look at some of those things that I feel, and, and God's saying, it's time for, to allow me, the gardener, to remove from the pot and place in the soil in order to reach your full potential. Both individually and corporately, there is so much more that God has invested in you and I and us together that he's wanting us to grow into, but we won't if we are contained within the pot. You see, plants in pots... Now, my daughter Eve, she has pot plants that are inside. I don't, I don't do that. She does that. I help every now and then I kill those things. because they, So that, please don't draw that into an analogy. But they take a lot of effort. I mean, gardening takes effort. But because they're indoors, they have to be fed with special things. They have to be moved around. You have to water them. You have to wipe the leaves. You have to kind of... There's a lot of effort. And then as they, if you want them bigger, you have to change the pot to a bigger one. And then... And, and if you like indoor plants, then that's fine. I don't, I'm not having a go at that. What I'm saying is actually th- there's a lot that is there that takes a lot of effort. Yet the plant will never reach its full potential. No matter how much of our effort we try and put, it's limited. In John chapter 8, verse 36, it says that it is for freedom that we have been set free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so we're probably going to look at some of these things over the next weeks but, uh, uh, of living in that freedom. But you see, pruning is important and pruning is necessary. And Scripture says, he uses that example that I spoke earlier of John chapter 15 where you prune for fruitfulness. And you know that actually, I don't know how they know this, but they know this, that when you prune a tree it causes, or a plant, it causes some kind of distress or stress to the plant. But, but that kind of stress is necessary for it to grow. The other thing that causes stress is, is when the roots are bound. When they're in a pot that's too small. And you see where, where pruning is necessary and that stress for pruning is necessary for fruitfulness. Stress on the roots is never necessary. It's never good. And that's what I feel God's saying to us today. God the gardener wants to free us from the pots that have restricted individually and corporately so that we can bring and come to life with the fullness of growth that we have in him. 
And it starts by us first, first recognizing that we're in a pot and what that is. And then it comes to the point of surrendering and submitting to him so that he can actually do the work that he needs to do. But we need to surrender and submit to him so that we are established and become fruitful in the all that he has for us. And, and so there are things that we could recognize that could restrict. So we mentioned a few, but then I want to go through some specifics that I felt God say. But the, the thing that creates the pot could be your past. And God wants you to have freedom from those things. Could be sin. Could be your choices. Could be strongholds or mindsets or ways of thinking. But we need to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what those things are that are creating a, a, the, the confines of the pot around each one of us, but also us corporately. And so I've been praying this week that this morning, that as I speak and that as we go through, the Holy Spirit would start to highlight the things for you and I that we need to deal with so that we can come out of those things. Because the pot is locking the roots. And the pot and those things are blocking you from reaching the full potential that you have in God. The flowing and the life of the Holy Spirit. And so... When I was praying about this, I felt God just draw some things for me to, to look at. And the first is the reasons why we put plants in pots. So I'm talking about ones that belong in the garden, not the other kind. The first is this. Temp- we have a temporary mindset, not a permanent one. You see, that first picture of the plant in the pot, that we had that at the house we lived in before we moved. And we had it in that because we knew we weren't going to be there long. And I wanted it with me where we were going. So I didn't want to plant it in the garden. Because you plant it in the garden, you have to leave it in the garden. And so there's a sense of, uh, we weren't going to stay there, so I wanted to be able to be mobile and come with us. And then we planted it where we are. And the same can be true for us. Sometimes we, we, we live with this uh, underlying temptation that everything is temporal, so we're not going to be established. We're not going to establish roots with God. We're not going to establish roots with those that He's put us in community with. And so we keep ourselves in a pot. Rather than say, and it's almost like a self-preservation thing or because of what we want, and we think, and we can be healthy in the pot. But you'll never reach the fullness of what God's created and put in you. It's a false sense. And, and uh, I just felt this morning that there's some that have that in, just maybe you've not even noticed it, but actually you're crying out for God to move. You're crying out for breakthrough. You're crying out for stronger relationships with Him and with others. And yet underlying is a temporary attitude of, I'm not going to because I don't know how long I'm... I don't, uh, keeping the options open. You know the way of the world of keeping the options open? It's like maybe it's this, maybe it's that. I'm going to keep all of these options open and then I'll decide. What you're actually doing is allowing yourself to be limited and contained and restricted rather than flourishing where you are. See, my understanding is this, is where God puts us, He puts us for our good, for, our, for us to flourish until and even through if we move somewhere else. Because if you're maintaining that attitude of this is where I am, this is what I'm, I'm going to keep all these things because of the temporal kind of attitude, and say you do move, 
to another place, another town, whatever it is, if you haven't dealt with that issue of temperance, temporal temperance is something completely different, um, <laughs> it's going to just be a matter of geography. Because you're going to still be in a pot in the next place. But once we realize God wants us to flourish, we say, I'm going to put roots down in Him and allow the fullness of His life to flow through us, then we live in the freedom that He has. So there's no holding back. And it's establishing, there's an interesting scripture in Jeremiah chapter nine, uh, 29, verse 4 to 7. It's when God speaks to Jeremiah and tells him to speak to those who are in exile in Babylon. So it's the, it's the, it's the nation of Israel and then exile in Babylon. So they're in a place where they don't want to be. They've been forcibly moved there. I encourage you, go and read Jeremiah 29. And this is part of what he says. I'm just kind of paraphrasing, giving the gist. Is that God says to them, settle down. Build homes. He even says, make gardens. Pray for the city. Give, give your daughters a marriage and, so, and, all, and sons a marriage and all those things. And what he's saying is actually you are in exile in a place that you don't want to be. It's not where you belong. It's not where you come from. But you find yourself there. God's in it. So don't live like an exile in a tent ready to move and run away whenever you can. But put roots down. Because God is the one who... See, either we have this understanding that God is the one who determines where and when we live. And those that he puts us with is for his glory and for our for, uh, fullness of life. And so we say, well, this is where we are. Let's establish that God moves through us. Or we live nomadic temporal things of saying, and you never build anywhere. In order to be fully experiencing what God has given you, there's a real sense of God saying, Invest. Establish. Thrive. Don't hold back. It's going to take you out the pot of restricted life and put you there. So that's one, is that temporary versus permanent mindset. The other is sometimes we put, keep plants, plants in pots because of the surroundings. They're not native to that place. And there's a risk of the environment. You see, as soon as, if you have a plant that's not really from here, uh, we've got dahlias, and, and I love them because they're huge and they're big and blousy, but well, we have to dig them up every winter and put them in the shed and then bring them out, and that's because, and then some, I'm doing a test where I'm leaving them in the ground now this year. You see, when you have a plant that's not native to the environment, the slightest bit of possibility of frost or something else, you quickly remove it and put it in the greenhouse. And that move is a self-preservation or a preservation of the thing. And what we're moving it to is a controlled environment. There's this term that gardeners use when you uh, have seedlings that grow and then you harden them off. So you slowly expose them to the cold and you bring them in. You slowly, and, and you do that so that actually they are established with health and strength and can, uh, and can um, survive what is around us. You see, and sometimes we can have that. We're happy to live where God, has, for, uh, where God uh, has got us or we're happy to be involved in church community and outreach and everything else while everything is going fine. But the slightest bit of difficulty, the slightest um, threat of frost or coldness, we retreat back into a controlled environment. And we can do that for, I don't know how many reasons. We can do it because actually we don't want to be hurt, we want to be secure, or we just want to control those kind of things. But we often retreat back into what is comfortable, and we don't feel vulnerable. 
And the challenge with that is that we're remaining in the pot. The other reason is, some, not, that's, so that's the external stuff that's going on, a little bit like the picture that Heather had this morning of that storm around. The other is that we, uh, when, when it's like that, sometimes we feel like we don't belong. So we're happy while everything's fine, and there are moments where we belong, and, but then when it doesn't belong, then we kind of go back into the greenhouse. And there's fear and, and insecurity, and that's creating a pot around you. The challenge is when we feel like we don't belong and we don't fit and we, and we refuse to establish and build and we keep retreating to the greenhouse, it reinforces the feeling of, I don't fit. And so it's a vicious cycle because there's this moving around. Do you see, the challenge is this. God is the gardener. And he knows you. And he's chosen you. And he places you where he knows it's best for you. But he also knows what you can handle. And so when adverse weather comes, he knows that actually the plant can survive. So don't retreat. Allow him to plant you. Remove the restraints. Because actually he's worked in you and he's worked in the environment. And where he has you, he will not let you be destroyed. You might live and think, God, I know you've called me here, but this feels like it's going to kill me. But he knows. And that's why I take complete trust and surrender to him, the gardener, to say, actually, God, I might think that this is going to kill me. I might think that this is dangerous. I might think that I'm not going to survive. But God, my trust isn't in me, but it's in you. And as long as you keep retreating to the security of your greenhouse and your controlled environment, you will not thrive. Why? Because you're still in a pot. You're still restricted. And no matter what you have faced, are facing, or will face, God is working in you and through you and preparing you so that you can thrive and reach your full potential. Trust Him. You see, when we recognize these things, one of the biggest things for us to overcome is surrender and trust in God. Linked with that, kind of jump around a bit, linked with that is control. We want to be in control. So maybe it's not a greenhouse, maybe it's more like, I mean, for me, when I think of control and plants, I think the ultimate control freak plant, sorry if you have one of these, is a bonsai. <laughs> you can have bonsai oak trees. Look at an oak tree out the d- window. They're huge. And yet, if its roots are clipped, and its branches are clipped, and it's contained, it remains this big. Everything in it has the potential. But it's this big. Because we want to control it. We don't want anything that to take us by surprise. We don't want anything outside of our control. So we, so we do those things. I'm sorry, I'm just going to open windows while I talk because it's hot. You see, talk about the stress of pruning and in a pot. This, you even prune the roots. And you might be doing it to protect and you might be doing it so that the little bonsai can be healthy, but it's a false sense of health. 
It's a false sense of health because everything about it is controlled. Even your relationship with God. If you use that analogy of our roots going deep in the vine and the branches and everything else, even if, and, and, and the roots are, are, are going into our relationship with Him. If we want such control over our lives, we, are, we even run the risk of controlling our relationship with God. And we can desire so much more, but unless we release that to Him, we're going to maintain a little bonsai in a pot. But God calls us to live like that. And there can be, again, hundreds of reasons as to why people get to that place wanting it controlled. Sometimes it's like we just don't want things out of control or we elect it either this or that. I was reading in a... a, No, actually, I won't go on that tangent. But if we control our... If we want to be so control of our lives... We live in the small-mindedness of what that means. And, and what happens is our expectation drops. And then we're happy that our little bonsai is healthy. And it's exactly how it should be. But it's not. It's exactly how we've created it. But it's not how it should be. It should be growing far greater. And the last area is that of others' expectations. Or you could say it is our perception of others' expectations. You see, sometimes someone will give you a pot plant. Or a plant. They've taken care to choose a plant for you, but they've also taken care to choose the pot that it goes in. And then you kind of receive this and you feel, actually, they've spent time choosing this. They've spent time choosing the, the lovely pot that it goes in. So now I can't really throw the pot out and plant the plant in the garden in case I offend them. What will they think? What's their expectation? And they might not think that at all. They might have bought you the plant, one with the total expectation that you're going to plant it in the garden, but instead of buying wrapping paper, they bought a nice pot to put it in. They really don't care about the pot. They might do, but bear with me on the analogy. Either it's other people's expectations. This is what I expect of you. This is what you should be doing. You can't do that. You shouldn't be doing this. And so we live in that, saying, actually, I'm feeling restricted by what other people's expectations are. Sometimes there aren't those expectations, but we think there are. It's our perception of that. And so in one respect, we're allowing those and their expectations or the world or society or culture or church or our whatever to, to limit our relationship with God and the fullness of what he's called us to be. Other times, we're imposing that restriction on ourselves because we perceive what they might think, which is just a lie. And so it's got nothing to do with them. They're totally oblivious because they didn't intend that at all. But you think that they chose the pot. And so you don't want to offend. You don't want to do those things. And so you restrict yourself. I feel God wants to say, actually, we need to live for him and him alone. Yes, we live in community and we understand each other and we work with, but actually, we're not here to restrict others and don't feel restricted by others. Not by what the world says. There's so much of the church. Is actually, you could use this picture for any church, really, with regard to the world. The world puts expectations and restrictions on the, and the church either says, okay, we're going to live in that. We say, I don't, I don't care about your pot. We're digging down with God. So it's not being rude or... Uh, 
anything like that. But actually it's understanding that we the ones who need to live following after God in obedience to Him and not allow those things, the words of others, the expectations or the assumptions that we have on others. But no matter what the cause or the reason that you're in a pot, God wants to move you to the ground. God wants to plant you so that, uh, replant, so that you reach your full potential and more and are fruitful. And the same for us. It requires that we start by recognizing what it is that's created that pot around us and submitting to his lordship and his authority to bring freedom and do it his way. You see, the, the beautiful thing is this. You could look at, well, that James, there's a picture of a rose in a pot and there's a picture of a rose in a garden and think, well, God just wants to move me from that to that. As a gardener, when you need to do that, there's a heck of a lot that goes into it. And you need to understand that that's just a, a minuscule parallel of how God cares for and works in our lives. First of all, you know the plant. So you prepare the plant for moving. But you also look at the seasons. And you make sure you only move it in the right season so it thrives. Then the gardener looks at the garden and says, where is the best place for this plant? Best place for light, best place for nutrients, best place for water, best place for all those things. And what plants should it be next to? And then he makes room so that it can be planted. But before it's even planted, he digs down fills that hole with nutrients and goodness and everything it needs in order to thrive. Sometimes that plant is moved when it, in, in what could be winter or it could be different times. Whatever time it is, it's a, it needs to be the right season. And everything is prepared so that that plant has the biggest chance of survival. And you know one thing, if you're listening, and I'm not a professional gardener, but if, if you listen to those in the know, they say when you're moving plants, it doesn't really matter too much if leaves get damaged because they regrow. What matters is how you touch the roots. And you see, God, the gardener, isn't just going to move you from this and plonk you in the garden. He's chosen you, chosen the spot, invests where you're going to go, invests in you, and does it at the right time so that the plant will thrive. Folks, I believe God is saying, now is the season and now is the time to allow him, the gardener, to move you from the restricted pot into the place in the garden where he wants you to thrive so that you can reach the full potential of what he has placed in you. Removing all those restrictions and allowing that unhindered freedom to send your roots down deep into him for the display of his glory and his splendor so that you reach the fullness of what he's invested in you for his glory. You see, when I'm planning my garden, I choose, most times, I choose where the plant goes. So that, for all those other reasons, but also so that it and its beauty and its fragrance and its splendor is maximized. As well as, and not that it overpowers those next to it, but together the picture is better. And so that's the same with us. God doesn't plant you in order that you would overpower and, and take away. The glory is His. The splendor is His. The majesty is His. And He plants us for the display of His glory. 
together. So that as the gardener in the garden, he delights. I caught the end, and you might think, well, my son reckons that as you get older, you like plants more. Because there's, especially if an artist, there's an artist elder in his church who said, he's much younger than me, who said, as he's get, got older, he likes plants more. And he thinks, well, you're an elder, you're getting older, and you're an artist, it must be a thing. So anyway, I don't care if it's a thing. I caught the end of old Monty Don's um, Gardener's World, and uh, that really does think, you think I'm really old now. But I like to learn. And at the end of it, he said, this time of year, you've kind of, this is the time where you actually need to stop and sit and enjoy the garden. And you see, sometimes I think we are so concerned that we have to be doing things for God and doing the next thing when all God wants to do is come and sit and enjoy the beauty of His splendor displayed through you and I. And that's the plan and the purpose. And so I believe God's saying, now's the time, now's the season to bring freedom, to establish, to thrive for fruitfulness. So I'm going to end with three questions for you to go away with. One is, can you see the things that have created a pot around you? Recognize them. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to you. The second is, are you willing to surrender and submit to Him? What, what I mean is, are you really, are you really willing to trust, submit and surrender to Him? Because you can say it and carry on living in a pot. So the question is, are you really willing to submit and surrender to him? Trusting him, letting go, allowing his healing to come, allowing his spirit to bring wholeness. And then the third is, will you give yourself to be wholeheartedly established by him? Will you give yourself wholeheartedly to him? It's slightly different from are you willing to be sub submit and surrender to him, but are you willing... Or are you willing to give yourself wholeheartedly to him so that you can be established and thrive, sending your roots down deep in him? That's why it's the importance of spending time with him, worshipping together, reading the word, praying together, discipling, all those things are tied in this. It starts today. It starts today. If not already. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you're the one who is the master gardener. You're the one who is in control of all things. You are seated on high, on, on the throne. And Lord, when we come to that revelation, our response is one of, of awe and wonder. Our response is one of uh, acknowledging our frailty and our how holy we are but Lord we also understand that you sent your son Jesus to pay the price that we can actually freely come before you and God that no matter what goes on around us we know that you don't change and you are in control and you have our best at heart Lord you even say that you will work all things together for good of those who are yours. So Lord, this morning, I ask 
then by your Spirit you would reveal to each one of us anything that resembles a pot that is hindering our relationship with you, our relationship with others, and us reaching the full potential of what you've called and created us to be, both individually and also corporately. And Holy Spirit, as you do that, I pray that you would reveal that to us and that we'd recognize and choose to move with you. We fix our gaze and our focus on you. We entrust ourselves to you. Help us, Holy Spirit, to walk in the fullness and the freedom that you have called us to. Is there anyone here this morning who God has been speaking already and, and things have suddenly highlighted to you what those are? As we go through for 10 coffee, won't you find someone that you trust, that you can say, please pray with me. So that we encounter him. And right now, before you go away and, and forget it, before you go away and just back into a greenhouse, allow God to, to do something this morning. So, Rob, I don't know if you've got any music you can put up. If you put, Rob, just put some music up. There's 10 coffee through there. There's no rush. If you need to stay in here and you need someone to pray with you, get them to pray with you. Otherwise, have a, a wonderful week and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to each one of us so that we can all live in the fullness of who he's called us to be. Thank you.